the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. They forgot a regatta. Yep, the guys who put together the Three Rivers Regatta that's been taking place on our our uh, Three Rivers down there since um, 1978. They forgot a lot of stuff, apparently, like, you know, paying for the use of Point State Park. Uh, I wonder how much that costs. I didn't look that up. Maybe it's probably out there somewhere. Anyway, so the mayor uh, tried to move it to the North Shore. Away from Point State Park, I guess, and the regatta also forgot all about having insurance, which can be a problem when you have boats, you know, going 80 miles an hour on the river. It's nice to have some insurance in case somebody gets killed or injured. So no regatta this summer. You got to find something else to do. The regatta is okay uh, to me. It's it's not. It's just one of those things, kind of like big fireworks displays that if you've seen it, you know, once or twice, that should be good for the rest of your life you got to feel bad for people who use the regatta for their summer vacation every year. And you got to feel bad for the people who might be out of some money because of, you know, their jobs are uh, somehow based on that coming here every year. But the company that puts on the regatta is called Lionheart. And there have been reports that uh, they've been having trouble staying afloat, if you will. It would have been the 42nd annual regatta. But we all just got to come up with something else to do. Now... I would rather watch highlights of the 1978 regatta than the Democrats' debate, which was last night. And I didn't uh, fail to miss it last night. I tried not to fail to miss it, and I succeeded. Um, I just can't imagine how anybody not paid to be a part of it or paid to listen to it or paid to write a story about it could pay attention to it for more than five minutes. It's also predictable. And there were no surprises last night. This kind of sums it up. How are you going to combat the rise of white supremacy? Race, racism, racism, racial, racism, 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 and racism, 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 segregation on racial division, racial issues, and racial divide of slaves, slavery, slavery, white supremacy, and so-called conservative Christian senators right now in the Senate are blocking a bill to raise the minimum wage when scripture says that whoever oppresses the poor taunts their maker. I'm the product of the American dream. Trump is a pathological liar. I tell the truth. We are the Democrats. We are not about trying to take away health care from anyone. That's what the Republicans are trying to do. And we should stop using Republican talking points. Your question is a Republican talking point. I think uh, Mayor Pete was the co- was the guy who said the uh, uh, idiotic uh, made the idiotic statement about scripture and uh, minimum wage. Um, it's just hard to believe that something that stupid could come out of somebody's mouth who, number one, is supposed to be highly educated, two, is already the mayor of a decent-sized city, and three, is running for president. How could anybody be that much of a moron? And there he is. And you know what? Not only is he up there, but the media love this guy. He's, he's considered brilliant. That was, a, that was as moronic a statement as... Anything that's ever come out of Donald Trump's mouth, and I, I admit that Donald Trump has said some pretty crazy and some dumb things, that's right up there with it. He just sounds a little smarter when he says it. Anyway, David Harsani is a senior editor at The Federalist and a regular guest on this show. He is paid to write about the debate, and he did. And when we come back, he'll tell us if he found anything interesting or new. So stay tuned. I think it'll help you get over the news that this will be the first time in 42 years that Pittsburgh forgot a regatta. Take your Johnson, your Mercury, or your Evan Rudy fired up. Beat us out at party cold. Come on in, the water's fine. Just idle on a Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, Cobra. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind. 
expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. I'm here with Miracle League of Moons, Mike McGulick. Mike, I understand donations have slowed a little bit. How's progress? A lot of progress since we last talked. Obviously, it's never as quick as you want it to be, but we're happy with where we're going to be coming into the summer. You've broken ground on the field house. Foundations are going in, but the playground's been delayed. What's the plan? We'll continue to fundraise. We have a lot of great support. The community likes the project, so we're confident we'll get there in time to have the playground up for next year. And remember, every dollar you give today goes directly to fund the building of this state-of-the-art field for the kids with special needs. It will be updated with ramping systems and different things so that individuals that have problems with their mobility will be able to get to the same spots that everyone else that easily can get to. Help keep the project on track. Visit miraclesinmoon.org with your donation today. Mike, as always, wish you good luck with this project. We'll be following it and you keep us updated, okay? I will. Thanks for all the support and Pittsburgh, thanks for helping. Give now at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. Sponsored by Robinson Town Center of Zamias Properties entity. What is it costing you in vet bills for that convenience of just pulling open a bag of formulated, extruded, processed cereal bits? That costs a ton of money anyways. <laughs> How do you feed your dog to derive not only energy, but a good coat, bright eyes, and a great <gasps> attitude? Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I found his raw meat diet on Dynavite.com. With just the raw meat and the eggs and the Dynavite and the Super Omega on top of it. Try Super Omega fish oil. Buy two. Get one free. Brown beef, white rice, um, eggs, including the shells, and the Dynavite supplement, and then the Lico Chops. Try Lico Chops. Buy two. Get one free. It just balances out his body and his mind and his spirit. Adding Dynavite to their diet has every single dog in my kennel looking better than they have ever looked. Their skin is so much better now that they're on the raw diet. I don't even give them the kibble anymore. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Warning. Property protected by electric fence. Sharks sighted in water. Warnings are truly handy. Bridge out. But you may not always get a warning when it comes to threats to your identity or the personal information on your devices. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection includes Norton Security for even more protection. LifeLock uses proprietary technology to help detect identity threats, like your personal info for sale on the dark web. And Norton Security protects up to five devices from ransomware and other online threats. Plus, if you have a problem, our agents will work to fix it. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or cybercrime or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but having someone looking out for you... Warning, Minefield Ahead will help keep you out of danger. Join now and get 10% off your first year. Go to lifelock.com and enter promo code TITTLE. That's promo code TITTLE for 10% off. Lifelock with Norton. More detection, more protection. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So, debate number two was last night. I plan, well, it's, you know, number three, you know, it's number two. This is, it's two parts, but it's number two. Anyway, it was last night. I had planned to watch the entire thing, but someone came along and offered me a chance to have my toenails pulled out with pliers, so I passed, and I just checked out the highlights. But David Harsani is a senior editor at The Federalist. He's paid to watch stuff like this, and he joins us now. David, always good to have you here, and I'm guessing that you did watch it. I I did. Did you yeah. watch the whole thing live, or do you wait until it's over and you know just kind of fly through the video? <laughs> no, I watched all thirty hours of it live. Ugh, terrible. So how do you get through it? Do you eat, do you eat popcorn? Do you laugh? Do you uh, do you take um, notes? I actually I actually found I well I tweet. That's what we do. Yeah, that's days. that's true. Yeah. yeah, 
I found it uh, pretty entertaining, actually. I mean, a little. I found it scary and entertaining at the same time. Yeah, I just it, the thing it, the thing it drives me away, and I try. It's it's just it's it's also predictable to me. Um, I know what they're going to say, and uh, we ran a little clip uh, before we brought you on here of. Uh, a montage of people using the word racism and white supremacy, and there was plenty of that in there. But was any new ground broken last night by anybody? Um, I mean, I would say no. I think what was interesting about the debate was that there were some low-polling sort of rational or semi-rational candidates around, like John Hickenlooper, et cetera, that challenged the front-running socialist-type candidates on uh, health care and other issues that I thought it was kind of interesting that that, uh, that they were sort of stand-ins for, for, for uh, you know, like a good moderator. You know what yeah, I mean? They were yeah. pushing back on those issues. So I thought it was somewhat interesting because it made them really, uh, you know, made Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren really have to embrace uh, their, you know, they're basically their socialistic uh, policy prescriptions, so... Well, how is that good for the Democrats? Uh, I mean, do you think do you think that the uh, I don't know who is if, when I say Democrats, I don't really know who that is, but I guess I mean the people uh, at the, uh, the the big wigs in the Democrat Party who would like to have a Democrat be president. I mean, how how do, how do they respond to that? You know, that back and forth is that good for them? I don't know that it's good. I think it's good for the American people to see. Uh, you know what what their front front running Democrats uh, you know believe in. I'm not sure that it's good for the Democratic Party. I get a little bit, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, I'm a little bit uh, how, do, how do you say shy in the sense of trying to uh, figure out who's going to win or who's not. Yeah. I never thought Donald Trump would be president, so I don't know if Democrats and the American people are moving in that direction where they they think these ideas are good or not. I suspect not in many states. So I don't know if it's good, but it might have been very good, I guess, for maybe someone like Joe Biden, who represents, you know, what is a moderate position compared to a lot of these people. So maybe it was good for him in the long run. But there, are, but there are people who who are saying that if if Biden's not going to be Biden, he may as well he's wasting his time. He he's he's never going to out Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders. Um, so is his only chance to be Joe Biden? Because he seems to be trying to be somebody other than Joe, too often anyway. Right. I mean, he's had to walk back, you know, 40 years, right. 50, almost 50 <laughs> years of positions, quite, yeah. you know, in, in many respects. But yet he's still more, um, you know, he's still middle of the road than others. For instance, when it comes to health care, he doesn't want to take away private insurance. He says, right. you know, he just wants to make Obamacare better. So, but I agree in general. But I also think people fail, you know, they, they may not remember this, but Biden is not a particularly successful politician. No. Certainly not nationally. He was, I mean, he was a VP for Obama, who was a very popular person, uh, but he had run for president before on more than one occasion and, and had to drop out. And, uh, you know, I mean, he was a senator from Delaware who won post-Watergate, you know, we sort of got a little bit lucky and then just stayed in. He was never very, you know, popular. So I, I don't know that he's going to be this great candidate everyone believes he, he can be, uh, but that's yet to be seen, I guess. I guess, um, I'm, I'm, as, you're, as you're talking about Joe Biden, I'm, I'm trying to think, it's, it's way back in, what, 2007 uh, that he was considered or about to be named the uh, uh, early 2008, anyway, before he was named uh, or considered to, to be the front runner to be Obama's vice president. What do you remember about why he was attractive? Because you just pointed out that the guy's been, he's been wrong about just about everything for 40 years. Uh, at that point, it was about 40 years. Now it's closer to 50. But um, he's he's so what made him attractive in 2008 to Obama? Well, I don't exactly remember, but I suspect that, uh, you know, Obama himself, now he seems more moderate, but at the time he was almost surely the, the most, uh, you know, liberal, progressive type candidate we've had in this country. And he probably, you know, and because he was African-American, he probably felt like he needed someone to appeal to, you know, the more moderate, uh, you know, how can you say, you know, Joe Biden's kind of a white working class, or at least... An average white guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, supposedly. Because, you know, all average white guys go into the Senate when they're 29 years old and stay there for 50 years. But, 
um, you know, to appeal to that sort of sector. In fact, the kind of people that maybe Donald Trump appeals to in some ways. So I don't know how true that is, but I suspect that was the thinking. We're talking to David Harsani. He's the uh, he's a senior editor at the Federalist, but also he is the author of Freedom: A Ride Through America's Enduring History with the Gun from the Revolution to Today. Uh, in your piece today, though, you you point out that to the Democrats, Donald Trump is a moderate. What did you mean by that? I mean that when you really look at Donald Trump, when you strip away all the hysteria, all the Russia stuff, all the supposedly racist stuff, all all of that, everything, which I think you know is important, but but if you strip all that away, um, he's basically just a kind of moderate, big government Republican type. I mean, what has what position does he really embrace that's radical? Can't think of a single one. Um, I li- list out the things he believes in, like tariffs and everything else. You you don't have to love everything he believes in, but it's well within the con you know the contours of regular American debate, whereas Democrats now take positions well outside those lines um, all the time. So compared to them, I think he's just a moderate policy-wise. I mean, other stuff matters, you can debate it, but policy-wise, I think he's a moderate. Do you think, um, I know this is a very hypothetical question, but what do you think the debate would be like if someone other than Donald Trump were the president? I mean, if, if Jeb Bush had been president instead of Donald Trump, would would the Democrats be as far to the left as they are now and be as hysterical as they are now, or is it are they driven crazy by Trump's personality? That's a that's a great question. I think that um, I think they 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 probably sort of accelerated this leftward swing because if if you remember the initial you know right after the election there was the women's march and all these things where people were just so worked up about Donald Trump that they didn't realize they were sort of allowing. A whole faction of basically crazy people to enter their party who have now, in some ways, taken over. Uh, I don't know if that happens if you have Marco Rubio as president, but I will say this I think the hysterics that you often hear about, uh, you know, a tax cut destroying the world or all this other stuff, you would hear the same where, you know, that, you know, Republicans are fascists and Nazis and all that stuff. I think you'd hear all of that no matter which Republican had been president because you hear it all the time. So, um, I don't know that that's different, but I think it's, yeah, it's definitely sort of accelerated because of Donald Trump. It's funny, uh, David, because just yesterday, I think I pointed out, uh, there was um, a quote from Charlie Rangel from 1994, and he was talking about the tax cuts that the uh, Republican Congress was pushing as part of the contract with America, and he said it was uh, reminded him of the tactics of Hitler. That, That was 1994. So this is nothing new, you know. Oh, of course not. I mean, you know, there's a they've been saying they've been saying this since Barry Goldwater. Barry Goldwater was constantly called a Nazi, and they've been saying it ever, ever, ever since. Or you know, maybe not as I think they feel a little more freedom to do with Donald Trump. And frankly, Donald Trump is far more aggressive in in his own way, you know. So maybe he brings it on, but. Yeah, of course, it's the same thing. Today, someone was telling me how Donald Trump was a fascist after I wrote this column, and I asked them, well, which which policy, which policy of his is fascist? They couldn't answer me. There is no policy that's fascist. This is just, you know, it's hyperbole. Yeah, but it's, it's, they just drag it out. I mean, George W. Bush was Hitler. Um, you know, to, they, they they didn't have they weren't shy about calling him Hitler. It's amazing, uh, and it, it, they keep dragging it out. and it, And I don't does it work and to, with anybody? I mean, they've already got the the people who think that the, who thought that George Bush was Hitler or that think that Donald Trump is a Nazi. They've already got those people. They're going to vote right. for whoever they put up. So what good does it do them to keep harping on that? Well, there's two things people call you, you know, racist and then Nazi. And yeah. um, I think that both of those things are, are stripped of meaning, you know, in a sense, because it's they're so overused over every little yep. thing. I've been saying that um, for a long time, yep. Yeah, so, I mean, and now you see everyone just puts, and CNN and others just keep calling Donald Trump ra- a racist for things he said, um, as if that's not even arguable or debatable anymore. Well, if you're going to play that game, you know, people are really not going to listen to you anymore because I don't, even if I don't like what Donald Trump tweets out about Baltimore, it doesn't make him a racist. And I think that a lot of people uh, would not agree that he is. So my, my point is that news, news now, and you have news, supposed unbi- unbiased news um, outlets making that call. So I think it becomes even less and less uh, meaningful when you call someone a racist. And, and Don Lemon, um was uh well he was supposed to be a moderator last night 
but he was he was just leading them on. I mean, he, and some of his questions about uh, how are you going to deal with Donald Trump's bigotry when you be <laughs> yeah, in a the, disaster? Yeah, what's up? With, I, I mean, I, and where, where is somebody at CNN? I mean, there used to be editors and producers who oversaw uh, productions like that who would would uh, say to somebody like Don Lemon, and I worked in TV for a long time, so I, I know how that works. Somebody would say, hey, Don, uh, you know, just ask questions. Uh, but there's nobody out there like that anymore. No, I mean, I, you know, Jake Tapper and, and Dana Bash were, I thought, pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. they asked questions. Um, Don Lemon was just an embarrassment. I mean, it's just such hackery. He asked, uh, you know, what do you say to people who don't care about Donald Trump's racism and only care about the economy or yeah. something of that nature? Yeah, yeah, I heard it's that. A, you know, it's a, it's a loaded, false question. It's a false choice and all of that stuff. Now, I don't mind if you want to have people on there who are antagonistic towards one party or the other, you do it, but then have more than one of those guys, have another guy on the other side doing right. it as well. Right. But they don't do that, of course. So he is just, I mean, you know, he pretends, here's the thing that annoys me. I don't, if you're a biased person and you're honest about it, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I know where you're coming from and we can debate, but when you pretend to be unbiased and you do things like that, it's just such, uh, it's, it's just a corrupt journalism that uh, I just, you know, and people don't. You know, the ratings drop tremendously for these debates from the earlier debates. I just don't. People don't want it anymore. A lot of people don't want it. And I think they also they they know that they're not going to see much that's new. Um, they're just you know when if Donald Trump is debating uh, Elizabeth Warren, they'll watch that because something new might come out of that. Um, but they're not going to watch. It. I just don't see how anybody can watch this unless they have to. Um, now, my see, I what I don't understand. I I understand it, but I don't like it. Um, if, if someone, it wouldn't take a lot of creativity to come up with a really good question. And I, here's a question that I'd like to ask them. You know the story about the guy in um, Canada who wants to be get get a, a Brazilian wax from women. You know that story. Yeah, I know that story. Okay, uh, that's a ridiculous story, but it's out there and it's coming. It's coming here soon to, to the United States if the Equality Act becomes law. And I think that's a completely legitimate question to ask somebody portray it or set it up with the story in Canada and say does this bother you at all how do you think should how do you think this transgender woman should be treated should she is this is this a legitimate request by her him that's, that's a good question yeah it's, I mean, it, you know, you could have asked them, listen, uh, you know, you're for the new Green, green New Deal, right? Yeah. Um, how do you, how, how are you going to pay for this specific thing? How do you, right. how are you going to retrofit every house in America within 20 years? Can you explain how that process will work? I mean, there are a million questions. You know, I don't know how everyone, everyone feels about abortion, but you can ask them. Are you, you support state-funded abortion of viable babies up to the ninth month of pregnancy? You know, what, what, talk about the morality of it that in some way, et cetera, et cetera. There are a million questions you can ask them. Um, but they don't ask them those questions. Again, no. they just ask them some policy questions, which is fine, but they never really dig in there as they do, as they often do with Republicans in ways I think that um, are, are, are very skewed. I've tried to get two local Democratic um, congressmen to just give me a statement on the Equality Act and how they feel it might affect men uh, women's sports and now uh, and their constituents who have might have daughters uh who are playing uh, sports in high school how they would how they feel about it and does it are they concerned at all they will not give me a statement they won't even they will not react to it in any way because they just yeah, it's, it, people are terrified that they're gonna that their careers are gonna be ruined. Did you see? There's an actor or whatever named Mario Lopez, and he said this morning in an interview or yesterday that uh, you know tr- people parents who shouldn't let kids make decisions about what gender they are yeah. when they're three years old. Yeah. He said it this morning. Today in the afternoon, he had to apologize for it, and he said he was ignorant and he didn't realize that it was insensitive and et cetera, et cetera, because he's terrified and destroy his career over it. What a radical um, idea. Yeah, it's it's horrible. It's horrifying that we can't even call child abuse what it is, and uh, it's it's it, you know it's it's something I think that people need to push back on. They can't be scared. I mean, I understand you don't want to ruin your career. It's easy for me. I'm a columnist, yeah. but um, you know we have to. I think find our find our you know spine sometimes on these things. I'm uh, out of time. I got about twenty seconds left, David. Thanks for watching the debate, and thanks for telling us uh, what you saw. And uh, I, I, it gets me out of watching it. It's great. I'm lazy that way, but that's okay. I, I can't stand it. Thank you very my, much. My pleasure. All right, Bye. we'll be back.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The Federal Reserve is cutting its key interest rate for the first time in more than a decade. The Fed is cutting its benchmark federal funds rate by a quarter point to a range of two to two and a quarter percent. It's the Fed's first rate cut since December 2008, when the U.S. economy was in the depths of the Great Recession. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. It is intended to ensure against downside risks from weak global growth and trade policy uncertainty. As for what's ahead, Powell says the Fed will act as appropriate to sustain the expansion with a strong labor market and inflation near its symmetric 2% objective. Language that markets have seen as a signal for possible future rate cuts. However, stocks took a nosedive when Powell added the Fed does not see a long cycle of cuts ahead. Ben Thomas, Washington. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 333 points. The Nasdaq plunged 99. The S&P lower by 33. This is SRN News. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. That's why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. Try ZipRecruiter now for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Dennis Prager believes Mueller's testimony was more of the same. Many Democrats are very unhappy with what happened. They were really looking forward to revive all of the lies that they have perpetrated with impunity. There's no guilt there. We preoccupied the country with a collusion that never colluded. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The Answer. Are you worried that the next market downturn could rob you of your wealth and your security? Are you concerned that your lifetime may last longer than your life savings? You don't have to be. For over 30 years, Gary Hunt has advocated for strong retirement principles, helping families in Allegheny and Westmoreland generate more income while protecting their retirement funds. And Gary now offers retirement-minded savers and investors a free book so you can better understand what it takes to structure a more stable, secure, and confident retirement. Call Gary Hunt and request your copy of Income Allocation. 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868. Community Bank. City Mission. Number One Cochrane. Highmark Stadium. Peters Township Community Center. Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for business. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. We're surrounded by noise. Order today. Bombarded by information. Messages struggling to get attention. So many choices and ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out. Today's technology can do that, but you need the resources and know-how to make it all work. You need Salem Surround. With all the digital marketing tools available and necessary to compete in today's business world, you need to know how to use all the options efficiently. Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. We know digital marketing and how to deliver customers so you can run your business. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. For no limitations on how and where you can reach customers, there's Salem Surround, total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. We're really stacked up on the Parkway East outbound Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swissvale. The rest of the parkway looking pretty typical volume. North on 79, that's very heavy. Mount Nebo Road up to 910. Over to Washington County, Park Avenue shut down with a house explosion between West Main Street and South Main Street. Looks like a gas issue there. The house looks like it's just leveled, so you want to avoid that area. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. 
A shower or thunderstorm in spots here early this evening. Otherwise, for the rest of tonight, partly cloudy skies with a low of 64. For tomorrow, partly sunny, heading up to a high of 82. Mainly clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 65. And for Friday, partly sunny with a spotty afternoon thunderstorm around in the laurels, a high of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Jake Soja. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I uh, when I took this job a little over a year ago, I threw out, uh, threw out the uh, idea that we should call this show Toxic Masculinity. Uh, cooler heads prevailed, <laughs> and uh, it was not called Toxic Masculinity. And uh, we have waiting, uh, we had him on the line, he just dropped, uh, Dr. Paul Nathanson. He is the co-author of a book called Spreading Misandry, the Teaching of Contempt for Men in Popular Culture. Um, And uh, we're trying to get Dr. Paul Nathanson back right now. But um, yeah, I wanted to call the show Toxic Masculinity. And uh, as I said, uh, didn't make it. Maybe... Maybe if I'm on the air for a couple of years, we can change the name. But uh, we do have Dr. Paul on now. Uh, Dr. Nathanson, thanks for being here. Thank you. So, um, you have the author of a book, Spreading Misandry. Am I pronouncing that word right? Yes, that's good enough. <laughs> oh, there are other guys. It's a, it's a word I don't see every day. The Teaching of Contempt for Men in Popular Culture. Um, uh, is men you have, uh, according to what I read about your book and I didn't get a chance to read the book but I, I have read some reviews uh, men uh, portrayed in popular culture as evil inadequate and honorary women now I get evil and inadequate but what is an honorary woman it's either a feminist or a black man so, so can you explain that well feminist men are if they're portrayed as feminists that means that they're sort of converts to feminism, and they're they're given a clean bill of health. Um, if they're black or minority men or gay men, um, they're also entitled to be free of uh, hostility. Otherwise, um, they're targets of hostility, misandry. Are, are you are you are a uh, a gender relations professor? Is that no? My my field is religious studies. Oh, okay. And and uh, my my work my research has been on um, political ideologies that function as secular religions. In okay. other words, they function very much the way religions do, especially fundamentalist religions. Um, and so. My case study is feminism as a secular ideology. Ah, okay. And uh, do you teach classes about that? Well, I just retired, but okay. I, I yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And and how is it how is it received by men and women? I mean, uh, what is it is it difficult to is it a difficult subject to con, uh, to convey? Uh, do you get a lot of debate from students about it? It's a it's a it's an interesting um, subject now because it's, there's quite a lot of controversy about it. Yes, it's a good question, and frankly, I mean, I gave classes in this um, about uh, twenty years ago. Uh-huh. I I certainly wouldn't do it now because there's no way that I could get out of that without being accused of being insensitive to somebody or other. Um, my colleague, by the way, is Catherine Young, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so she and I sort of teamed up for this effort, this research, mm-hmm. and it began around 30 or 40 years ago, and the, the book that you mentioned is the first of four. Right. Yeah, um, I, yeah I have, so, I'll give you, the, I mean, let's give the other titles here, Spreading Misandry, the Teaching of Contempt for the Culture, two, Legalizing Misandry, From Public Shame to Systematic Discrimination, and three, Replacing Misandry, A Revolutionary History of Men, and four, Sanctifying Misandry, uh, and the Fall of Man. So um, you've been uh, obviously writing about this for a long time, and you say 20 years ago you were teaching this, but you couldn't do it now. So um, the evolution of this whole issue... Um, what's your response to it, uh, you know, looking back now to where you were 20 years ago and, and what's happening now? Well, I think that what's happening now is not really 
different from what was happening then. The only difference is that it's no longer contained or confined to colleges. Uh, it's gone mainstream. Misandry has gone mainstream. Um, and, you know, for a while we thought that maybe things were improving because um, there was a kind of a lull. And um, many women on college campuses were saying, yeah, we're all feminists, but really we've achieved what we have to achieve, and now we can live with men. Yeah. And um, I, okay, go. I'm sorry. But that didn't last long. Yeah. Um, there was an attempt, uh, a very successful one, to rejuvenate feminism, um, mm-hmm. partly by re-emphasizing something that had been invented, really, in 1975, um, that was uh, the notion of rape culture, mm-hmm. um, and um, they invented new crimes of men, such as manspreading and yeah. mansplaining. Um, and um, but of course, the major the major effort went into rape culture. That was the dominant motif. But it didn't, as I say, it didn't, it didn't become mainstream really until around the time of Trump's election. And, um, you know, the Me Too movement is the primary, uh, example of this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's not just a matter of hostility toward men. At, at that point, you're getting to undermine the entire legal system by denying due process, denying the presumption of innocence. Um, you have what we have, it basically devolved into vigilantism. Yeah. And, um, I, it's interesting. You mentioned man spreading. Have you seen the, 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 a woman who won a, an award for, uh, designing a chair that prevents yes, man spreading? I did. I did see that. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, well, you know, you can argue that that was meant as a joke. Yeah. Um, and it probably was partially meant as a joke. But I think that the mere fact that it, that a joke of that kind is deemed acceptable, uh, it certainly would be not acceptable if the reverse had taken place and somebody had designed uh, a piece of furniture that um, would make women uncomfortable. Right. Um, so, you know, there again, you see the double standard. There's always a double standard. What's yeah. okay to, you can say anything you like or do anything you like to men, even by undermining the legal system, and that's okay, but you can't deny women the slightest, um, you can't make the slightest disagreement yeah. with women without being accused of being misogynistic. Uh, and do you get the idea that uh, women have less of a sense of humor about that stuff, about themselves, than men do? At least the people who oh. are guarding that the, the philosophy you're talking about. Well, yes, uh, maybe so, but but, you know, humor is the least of, yeah. of the problems. Um, the, the major problem is that, that it's getting hard to know how men and women can actually live together in any kind of harmony because mm-hmm. there's so much hostility and, frankly, so much ignorance um, that, uh, you know, if I were if I were a father, which I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, I would advise my sons to have nothing to do with women. Well, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think that uh, employ us. Uh, some employers are looking at that and saying, you know, right. I'm not going to ever admit it, but why would I? Why would I bring on the the, the trouble that, that that having a woman uh, can bring? If I'm going to have to deal with sexual uh, accusations of sexual harassment, of equal pay, all the things that go with it, and you know, uh, paid maternity leave and all those things, uh, it, it's it's a it's a something that would be a, a, a hindrance to the progress of women. You would think. Yes, and you know, some feminists have noticed that, mm-hmm. um, and but of course, the cure, the cure that they keep coming up with is not to say, hey, wait a minute, maybe we've taken a wrong move here, but rather to use the law to get what they need. In other words, if if male bosses are a too, 
careful and uh, don't mentor women, for example, mm-hmm. I'm sure that they'll find ways of forcing men to mentor women. Yeah. I mean, there's always some legal, um, uh, something legal in the background. That's the way they solve problems, not by encouraging some kind of reconciliation. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I just thought of this, uh, we were talking about manspreading, and this uh, came up on Twitter or someplace the other day, and I don't know why it popped into my head. It's I, I googled um, Stalin, FDR, and Churchill, and I googled yeah. images. There's a picture of <laughs> so uh, I don't know why I must have just remembered seeing this picture, but there's a picture of the three of them taken. I don't know. I guess it was either during or after World War II, and um, all three of them are just totally man-spreading as they're sitting there. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody complained, but I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> so uh, you say that it's, it's, um, that it's uh, infiltrated or controlled or uh, ruined culture, this, uh, this feeling towards men. And you, you, I guess you're talking about going all the way back uh, to several years, maybe 20 years ago or more, with TV shows and how men are portrayed. Can you explain a little bit about that? Or uh, Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, by the way, I want to put this into a larger context. The problem is not only feminism and misandry. The problem is identity politics in general. Mm-hmm. I yep. mean, that kind of polarization um, crosses many, many uh, um, fault lines in society, whether it's racial or religious or uh, or sexual. So it's one example of many. I don't want to. I don't want to say that this is entirely something to be blamed on feminists. Yeah. Um, and I should also say that many women, including my my colleague, are um, are also noticing all this. So it's not as if women are are all just following blindly. Yeah. But to get back to your question about about sitcoms and commercials. Yes, this has been a problem for at least 30 years. I mean, I can remember one commercial for a, a car. I don't forget whether it was Honda or one of the others. But uh, the scene shows a, a Honda driving up into a, a forest, and uh, the men get out of the car, and they fall on top of each other, and they drop things, and they break things, and then they finally go out with their their guns and they're getting ready to shoot something and the women are sitting behind uh, wearing pit helmets as if they were anthropologists observing some primitive tribe. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, this was a classic. Yeah. I mean, there are many examples you can think of. Right. Um, now, they do get protests occasionally now. There was a huge protest against um, oh, uh, what's, the, what's the company that makes um, razors. Um, oh, Gillette, yeah. Gillette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that was an example. They had all these men uh, making uh, overtly crude, vulgar, sexist remarks uh, in front of their children. And then, uh, but by the time the commercial ends, they've somehow reformed. And, uh, uh, you know, it was a really classic example. And and that brought about a huge wave of protest. So, to some extent, things are changing. Men are no longer just, you know, sleeping zombies. They're, right. they're, they're beginning to realize that there's a problem here. Um, some of them react in ways that I don't think are, are very encouraging. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think the solution to misandry is to indulge in misogyny. Right. Um, but, and are, are yeah. women... Are women uh, starting to uh, understand that they have sons? You, you saw it come out in the Kavanaugh yeah. hearings where they said, wait yeah. a minute, I have a son. I don't want him to be accused of sexual assault and not be allowed due process. Yes, exactly. And we have had, um, we've had letters from women who say exactly that. They read our books and they, uh, you know, what they're, they're afraid for their sons. Yeah, and and uh, so I, I ask everybody that I have on here to talk about this subject, um, so some of the absolute stupidity that's involved in it, um, and that is it's a train rolling down the track, and I I'm not smart enough to come up with an, uh, any kind of a solution to stop it. I, is there is there one? 
I don't see how you stop. You know, the, this. The, I don't you know, see how you make this change direction. Yeah. Well, movement. you know, um, if I had the answer to that question, I'd have a Nobel Prize. Right. Um, because it would be the same answer to conflicts all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, based ultimately, if we're going to solve this problem, we have to get to the point of. Um, a dialogue between communities. And by dialogue, I don't mean the usual thing that's trotted out uh, by the journalist as a national conversation on race or, or anything else, but because that usually means ranting. Um, what I mean is a, um, a conversation that is um, based on empathy and learning from the other, not just trying to confirm your own resentment or your own uh, hostility. So it's a kind of conversation that has worked in religion. We have interreligious dialogue, and that, but, um, and that's what our method called intersexual dialogue is based on. But boy, we have a long, long way to go. I mean, after Trump was elected and um, all this polarization began to erupt, um, I began. I, I began to realize that. We're at war. I mean, we're basically at war. And uh, I'm not expecting intersexual dialogue to come along anytime soon, but I think we can prepare for it. And we can prepare for it uh, by, first of all, learning something. I mean, we have to have knowledge. It's, it's, not, just, it's not enough just to sit around and say, well, let's, let's sit around and say nice things to each other. We have to have a firm basis of knowledge, and we have to talk about the various theories and arguments out there and why they're inadequate. So that's the first step. It's just gaining some knowledge. Well, um, uh, Doctor, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you being on. Uh, co-author of among many books on the subject uh, of Spreading Misandry, the Teaching of Contempt for Men in Popular Culture, and that title says it all, Doc. Uh, it's everywhere. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Okay, that's Dr. Paul Nathanson, and we'll be right back. storms have done a number on Pittsburgh homes and businesses. This is John Steigerwald. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsrspittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday right here on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. We're talking to Rocky Blyer. He's involved with the Miracle League of Moon Township and the construction of a Miracle League athletic field. The fields are designed to make it possible for kids with special needs to play sports. Every child, no matter what the situation, deserves a chance to be able to play, to compete, and have a place that's safe, takes care of needs, that's organized. This will be the fourth Miracle League field that will be built. Now we got four places to be able to travel, so it broadens the whole interest of sports. It's just terrific for a community to do that. There's a buddy system I thought was pretty impressive. What's that all about? Kids with special needs have a buddy, a child who's in school. It's like having an older brother or sister involved with you, so it's really good in that everybody has human dignity of being able to participate. The website is miraclesinmoon.org. Check it out and let's help make this dream a reality. Hey, Rocky, thanks, and uh, we'll be talking hey. to you again about this project. Appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Thank you for having me. All right, man. I appreciate Take it, it. easy. Thanks. Rocky Blyer, right, and we'll be right back. We-
We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm. phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds mm-hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. Do you or your business have financial problems. Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. This experience has provided me with the unique knowledge to assess and draft the plan of recovery for your financial problems. I can stop home foreclosures, repossessions, creditor lawsuits, and tax collection. Reorganize and get a fresh start. I have numerous office locations in the Pittsburgh area. Call and schedule your free consultation today at 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Don't delay. Call 412-471-7675. That's 412-471-7675. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, if you are listening to me, it's a good chance you uh, missed the opportunity to go to Google Camp in Sicily. They have a camp there at the Verdura Resort. They're going to be talking about climate change, uh, saving the planet. And um, lots of celebrities there, including Barack Obama, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and uh, Katy Perry, uh, Orlando Bloom, Harry Styles, Diane von Furstenberg, Barry Diller. They um, are going to get there on a total of 114 private jets. Use up a lot of, you know, spew a lot of carbon there, I guess. Uh, and also on yachts, uh, including a $200 million yacht uh, from Barry Diller. So, uh, did you ever notice that when they have these things that these people take the private jets, they don't have a, they don't have a, a big important uh, confab like this in say Akron where they all can drive or take the bus. It's in Sicily or someplace really nice. When they have one in Akron, I'll believe they're really serious about it, especially if they drive or take the Greyhound. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM twelve fifty The Answer and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.